Hey everybody, this is Jeff. Uh, if you listen to this show, there is a very, very good chance you are also familiar with the work of my good, good friend and, you know, decent co-worker, Pat Castles. Pat has been on this show. Uh, he was on the Summer Movie Review episode. Obviously, I've worked with him a great deal in the past. And uh, Pat and I like to talk about nerdy stuff and pop culture, not just when we're in front of microphones. It's kind of part of our daily routine. And for the past few months, a big part of that has been one of our favorite shows, Breaking Bad. We talk about this show every Monday after it's aired, unless one of us hasn't seen it, in which case they will immediately tell the other person, I haven't seen Breaking Bad yet. Don't tell me anything about it. And at some point, Pat suggested, hey, we should do a podcast about Breaking Bad, which I thought was a great idea, but I was already busy with a few other things. I mean, you know me, I gotta have my Batman Arkham City episode, but I did want to do it. So I said to Pat, how about this? I'll bring all the equipment, you find someone for us to talk to, figure out what we should be talking about, you basically host the episode, I'll record it and post it, and we did that. And here it is. Oh, one more thing. Wait, wait, one more thing. Do not listen if you've never watched Breaking Bad. We're going to talk about everything that's happened on the show from the beginning until the time we recorded this episode, which is right before the season finale of the fourth season. So if you've never watched Breaking Bad, nothing personal, but you probably should just turn around now and not come in here. Everyone else, you're in for a treat. All right. I think that's everything now. Oh, three, two, one, oh, three. Podcast. Uh, I'm Pat Castles, sort of, I guess, hijacking your podcast, Jeff, temporarily. Just for the just for the day. Just for the day to talk about Breaking Bad. Uh, Jeff Rubin is Hello. here, and uh, Darren Franish from Entertainment Weekly and EW.com. Thank Good to you. Be here. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I just think we're all uh, huge fans of Breaking Bad. And Jeff and I certainly like talking about television. We did a similar thing to this uh, with Lost last year. With Darren here was here. Uh, or no, Darren was here when we talked about Lost this year. Yeah. When we were still talking about Lost a year after can't, it ended. Can't stop talking about it even now. <laughs> uh, no, but then, yeah, the week before the finale of Lost, we talked with Chuck Klosterman about it, and it was pretty cool. So uh, here we are talking about Breaking Bad. I will start with a question. How do you guys feel this season has differed from the previous seasons. Because I find Breaking Bad, it's, it's changed a lot. I love I love all the seasons, but more so than other shows, it feels like a very different show than it was. It, it kind of feels like it's gotten, uh, and this is not a bad thing, it's gotten slower this season. I mean, you know, compared mm-hmm. to something like Mad Men, where I feel like uh, in its fourth season, it sort of had this new energy to it, and it was all about, like, you know, a- almost more comedic. It feels like this season has been all about these very slow episodes mm-hmm. that are all about this slow-building tension. And uh, I think, for me, it, it made the first half of the season feel a little bit, uh, you know, almost directionless, and then in the last few episodes, it's all kind of snapped horribly into place. Yeah, I, I kind of, there was definitely, like, light murmurs of discontent, very light, but of discontent in the in those first episodes when Hank was in bed, Hank was bedridden, and Jesse was kind of just wandering around, and Walt was emasculated, but I think those critics have kind of been silenced, because you kind of, see, you see where it's all been heading now. Like, I think the, the biggest sign is, even the Skyler and Ted plot line, which is, I think a lot of people sometimes have problems with, just paid off so well in the last episode or two. 
Yeah, moving slower than Mad Men. That's a real accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> Mad Men, which I love, is not an action-packed thrill ride. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite of Mad Men because breaking like break, Mad Men was very slow in its earlier seasons, and but I don't even know I, I don't even know if I would consider it fast paced now. Even Mad Men, I, I guess to me uh, a little bit closer. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess to me, uh, you know, the fourth season of Mad Men, which it's only worth comparing because it's also on AMC, was you know to me a little bit more about like oh now it's all sprightly and fun, and you know we're getting into the mid sixties, and like you know there's like an old, an old lady dying, and they have to hide the corpse, and like. By comparison, I feel like Breaking Bad, when it started out, you know, there were all the kind of Cohen comparisons, and it felt like it was a little bit more, not necessarily comedic, but there was a light touch to it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now we're just in this place where it feels like a like a Western, you know? I mean, like, the standoffs between Walt and Gus just really have this long, like, you know, unbroken take, uh, sort of like uh, majesty to them in a way, mm-hmm. which I, I don't think I could have possibly anticipated in the first season. Yeah, Cohen Brothers and Westerns are the two things I keep going back to, too. Cohen Brothers with kind of like, Goofy criminals getting in over their head, like they have a plan and then it goes and, wrong. And the pal- just the setting and the palette, absolutely, it yeah. feels exactly like a Coen Brothers movie. And then there was a scene earlier in the season where uh, Walt goes—I don't even remember the exact context—but he goes to the uh, El- Los Pollos Hermanos, and he's sitting there, and it's just this long scene of quiet where he's looking around, his eyes are darting around, he's looking at the camera, he's looking at him, and it reminded me of that first scene in Once Upon a Time in the West, where it's just, it's a very Western, very patient. It's just people looking. Mm-hmm. Right, more so, I think, than possibly any other show, just in, Breaking Bad is artistic, to, to use like a very broad term, but um, I always thought, one thing I miss about, from the earlier seasons, is how they would often, the pre-roll to the credits to the to the opening logo they used to have a lot of fun with that i thought it was very cool Mm -hmm. like it was kind Mm -hmm. of the first tv series to take oh this is something that only tv shows have what's a creative way to use that rather than just set up the plot for that week's episode and so they had really cool episodes like um really cool pre-rolls there was like a one that was just a a los pollos hermanos commercial Mm -hmm. one was that mexican um narco rap about Heisenberg, and then of course there was the um, the mariachi band at a Heisenberg song. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. Mm-hmm. And um, but they they almost got a little too creative with those in the second season, where there were those really abstract ones where it was just a pool and it was in black and white. And then I guess we're gonna start getting into spoilers. No one's listening to this if they haven't watched the second season. Breaking sure, Bad. sure. The they all pay off where the seat the episodes that opened with that abstract shot of the teddy bear in the pool, all of the. The episode titles, like the first word of them, all combined to spell out what happened in the finale, and you know that's new, but yeah, that, that's that's a little that's pushing it, like, it a little too hard like, for me. Was it wasn't like ABQ down yeah. over or, or or no like 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 four four fifteen down over? That's ABQ. a little too Riddler <laughs> for me. Yeah, I didn't know. I actually did not know that about that the letter code thing. But I, I actually liked those endings, even the weirder ones when like the yeah, with the teddy bear floating in the pool and you see how it all plays yeah, out. Yeah, I, I don't mean to complain about it because no, even no, if, I, even a if lot of not, people had problems with it. I think like I guess I didn't love it, but the reason I watch a show like Breaking Bad is because they do things that no other TV show does. So it's really you know, I want them to be trying new things and I recognize I want all TV shows and all entertainment to be trying new things that have been tried. Obviously, sometimes that's not going to work out, but um, when it does, and it, it, you know Vince Gilligan and his crew, it usually does. It's uh, really exciting. I think it's also the fun thing about Breaking Bad that you brought up, Pat, is that you know I, I think we're all saying like this is a great show, and like you know it's hard for me to really even think about comparing it to any other show yeah. on TV now. But I do think that it has changed so drastically much from what it used to be. I, I think. Uh, 
going off your point, to me, the big difference this season was um, it didn't feel like they were trying as much to make those little individual episodes that stuck out sort of like, you know, out of the pack. Well, and I pulled, think they like, just don't. They just can't now. Things are ratcheted so tight. Mm-hmm. Although the um, uh, box cutter, the premiere of this season was certainly like, I mean, that's. You know, it's probably just the highest moment of tension in from, from the whole, a whole season of waiting, a whole summer yeah, what was of that? waiting. Like, like like thirteen minutes of just like total silence as Gus is walking. Yeah, over yeah, just watching clothes. Gus dress and get undressed. Like what other spy? I don't know if we have yet that we are recording this. Twelve. There's thirteen episodes. I think twelve of the thirteen have aired. We all have not seen the finale. Right, right. So if you have not seen the finale, you're definitely you're, you're safe like watching us. this. Um, yeah, and I think we're gonna. Well, I think later we'll have some fun, maybe speculating on yeah. what exactly is going to what, happen. What kind of horrible events are going to happen in the season finale? But uh, it's so weird when it's tense because you know, just as a TV viewer, that they're not going to kill Walt. They could maybe kill Jesse, and like they're pretty late in the series. Like maybe you could kill Skyler. Like that'd be a huge, huge deal if they did it. Like it, you know, they could play that card. But obviously, you know, just at, again at, as a TV viewer. We all know that Brian Cranston's going to be on the final season of the show, and that his life isn't really in mortal danger. But that I think the show's so good that it's still you don't you you turn that part of your brain off, and you're still on the edge of your seat. Yeah, um, that kind of brings up another thing I wanted to talk about. Um, Vince Gilligan has said many times in many interviews, and that the whole plan for the show is to take this guy and this good man, and then turn him into a villain by the end of this series. Do you guys feel like Walter is a villain at this point? Do you think is he is there any is he redeemable or is I, he already evil? I actually this this is why like the show to me is so compelling and why you know I, I do love Sopranos and I think that that show before this one had the best sort of overall sweep as far as really like staying true to its core uh, philosophy throughout. Okay. But I, I, I think if, if there's one thing Breaking Bad has over Sopranos, it's that with Tony there was always kind of this remove from the fact that he was evil and it was really only I think in the last season of the show which a lot of people don't like that you really just saw Tony kind of become this kind of monstrous person. I think the nice thing with Walt has been that, I would say starting at the end of the second season, when there was the whole thing where he saw Jesse's girlfriend you know, die and didn't do anything about it, like, he's always been sort of irredeemable, and yet you, you still kind of find yourself cheering for him in a way. I mean, like, it, you know, as bad as he is, and, you know, I, I think there's some indication that he may still be doing, like, worse things to come. Like, yeah. you, you still feel, like, scared for him when, he's, when his life is threatened or when his family's life is threatened. Tony Soprano's a really interesting comparison, and I'd never thought about that, because Tony Tony Soprano, even though he's probably a little eviler, you know, Walt had better intentions when he got into, obviously things have, they've gotten out of control, (laughs) but, you know, when he got into it, it was, he was dying, it was to feed his family, and his his motivations were much more understandable, but I feel like he's a lot less glamorized than Tony Soprano, who's more of a traditional gangster who's in it to get rich, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's an interesting comparison. I do think... He is a villain, like, um, in these last few episodes, things have gotten so out of control for him, you're kind of rooting for him to pull off something crazy. But before that on this season, um, your sympathy is definitely with other characters. I mean, it almost sometimes feels like Jesse is the hero of the show now, which mm-hmm. is, it's, and, 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 and that's a really hard trick to play off, and I think a really interesting one where they, 
shift your loyalty and your uh... well and I, I think it's, I think it's a funnier I, I think that's a great point because this season especially I really feel like uh, you know Walters just seems so pitiful in a way absolutely and like you know there, there was that one scene where he was just saying like oh Jesse it's all about me don't you get it like, yeah, yeah. And, and really and I, I think that you're right that at this point Jesse kind of by virtue of the fact that you know Jesse doesn't want to kill anyone like mm-hmm. you know he doesn't want to kill Gus but he also tells Gus like don't kill Walt even right. though Walt spent like the last couple episodes like you know fighting him and just generally being awful to him. I, I mean, it feels like he's sort of like the wounded heart that wants to be better than you know all what, the it, men around him. It, it, it feels like the um, the reverse of the last few episodes of last season when Jesse was kind of the one who was going off the little kind of going off the chain, and Gus was you know kind of planning on maybe taking out Jesse, and Walt had to sort of come to the rescue. And now that's been totally inverted. But I completely agree with you said about like uh, uh, just um. Walt being so emasculated this season, um, which is pretty ballsy to take your protagonist and just make him this, like, really kind of pathetic well, I mean, his, his face is just bruised. I mean, God, like, how, how many fights has he lost? Right, which season? is usually <laughs> Jesse's ammo. Jesse's usually the one that gets the crap kicked That's out of him. That's a good point, yeah. yeah. But it, it used to be, like, uh, Hank yeah. and stuff and... You know, it, it kind of goes back to what you were saying. Um, I think the first question you asked, which was just about how the show has changed a lot over the years, and I think that's what's so... Well, probably what that show has done, maybe as well as any other show, with the possible exception, I, I, I've got to bring it up, of Lost, which reinvented itself all the time. But um, breaking, you know, th- if you look at something like, uh, the show could have gone on forever. It's changed so much from its original premise where it's like, oh, he's got to hide this second life from his wife. Now she's a part of it, and that's become really interesting. If they were still kind of stuck in that gear where he was still leading this double life and it was kind of just like they started off in the first season, it gets kind of like Dexter where you're like, how is this sister seriously not figured out? How are Walt and Jesse going to get out of this one? Yeah, yeah. and, and um, even with the very few amount of episodes they've done, because that first season's only like six or seven episodes, so it's even though this is the end of the fourth season, it's really like three and a half, it's changed itself so many times and it's just changed the premise and what the show's about. And I think that's why uh, you know it's probably one of the best shows of all time. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I, I, I think at this point, certainly, you know, going into the last season, I think the last season is always hard for, for any show, and, and there's plenty of great shows like The Wire mm-hmm. or Lost, where you know, uh, not to say they had bad last seasons, but they didn't really stick the landing. Yeah, I'd say I even though even the most hardcore Wire fan will tell you that the last season of The Wire, no one thinks the last season of The Wire isn't the worst one. Yeah, well, I mean, and you know, there were a lot of reasons for that, but I mean, I think certainly given like how awesome the fourth season of The Wire was, yeah. you were primed for something exactly. a little bit different. I I like the like, fifth season of The Wire, and I particularly like the ending of this. I, I think the fact that they wrapped it up at all is incredible, and I, I like the ending of the show. But I think it's generally agreed that the fifth season of The Wire is the worst one. I would say Lost had worse seasons than the last one, though, even though the last one's probably not one of the best. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, I, I think really what we're getting at is, like, there are no shows that that, that have good seasons. I mean, like, or sorry, that have good last seasons. I mean, even, yeah. like, Sopranos, which I really like, oh, I, think, yeah. I think they almost got away with it by David Chase doing his, like, oh, well, like, guess what? It's not the last season. It's just going to keep going forever. Battlestar like, <laughs> 2, that's a great question. What's a show that's, like, really stuck it out and had a great last season? And there's things like Deadwood. Even the last season of Deadwood, it gets a little iffy with that theater troupe. But that was—I that, that, don't even know if you should count that because I, I, mean, I, I would—I like the Sopranos. I mean, if you're talking about the—I like the last season of the Sopranos, and I think generally people really enjoy the last season of the Sopranos. That very specific last scene people have, but that's you know, 
the last scene is not the same as the, how the show ends as a whole. I mean, I, I actually loved the last season, and I particularly loved that. Totally, last I will, episode. well, and I mean, and like, and the last season is great, but at the same time, it's it's that kind of extra long season, and there's these mm-hmm. weird little detours along the way, like with Vito. Uh, Vito, yeah. I mean, yeah. and it's 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 interesting, but I mean, it's almost more interesting to look at a show like Battlestar, I think, where that was a season where they were very conscious going into it. This is the end of the show, and we will tell this definitive ending. And, and well, the battle Battlestar has the it's a science fiction show like Lost, it kind of has the same problem in that early on they set up this grand mystery and this and these prophecies and stuff that they eventually had to pay off. And that's, now, you know, the cool thing about The Sopranos and the really cool thing about Breaking Bad is like, you just have no, like, we have no idea where it's going to go. I don't, I, I, I honest, I talked with my roommates for an hour. We cannot fathom what the next season is going to be, you know? Which, yeah, that's a great that point. Don't, yeah, that almost sounds like a negative thing, but I don't mean it that way, you know? No, it's very I, exciting. I mean, exciting I, mean, way, I, mean, yeah. I mean, it does feel to me like, you know, if, if Gus died in, in this last episode of the season, mm-hmm. then that would change everything. But it, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me. Like, I, I wouldn't be like, oh, well, the show's totally finished right. now. Like, well, so let's, that's, let's maybe now, let's talk about these last few episodes. I think we've been talking about the show as a whole and maybe the season as a whole, but, um... I feel like these last, certainly I think the last, not not the previous episode, uh, but the one before that, which I believe is called Crawl Space, was certainly possibly the best episode of the season. The last 10 minutes of yeah. it were definitely brought it to a God. new level. You know, a lot of people said that the day after the episode aired. I remember talking to you about this. This is, of and, course, the episode where uh, a lot, lot happened. Benicky. Ted, poor, Ted died. Ted Benicky. Yeah. Ted, well, Ted broke his neck um, and died, I think. Um, Walt tried to, you know, he tried to get a new identity only to learn that Skyler had given the money to Ted. So now basically Walt's entire family is is dead. And it had this amazing last shot of, of Walt crying and laughing hysterically. I, 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 I love that Brian Cranston or, or like whoever was involved in that chose to make him just laugh like like this, this horrible like one flew of the cuckoo's nest laughter. I was, was a little like... bummed when they did it in this last episode when, ha- when Jesse's on top yeah. of him because I thought it really lessened the impact of that original laugh. That's a great point. I thought they were on... You know that not to take anything away from that uh, scene in the crawl space, was which is obviously incredible, and like as soon as it ends, you're like, no, I need more, yeah, which yeah. is you know kind of the ultimate compliment for a TV show. Like, how soon can I get the next episode? But they had been on a roll of endings even before that one. There's, uh, I think, the week before that was the one where uh, Walt and Jesse had gotten in that fight. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was the, or no, the week before that was the one. Where Gus destroyed an entire cartel. <laughs> the week yeah. before that was the fight between Walt and Jesse. The week before that, I think, was the flashback, which I enjoyed that scene. Uh, I think, and I think a lot of people did too. The flashback to kind of the origins of Gus and his relationship with the cartel. So they had really been on a roll. I think all those were, you know, all time. Like I could, I could, I could make a case for any of those being like a high watermark for television. And they, they've really been on a roll with it. And very answer. different. They're all good in in very different yeah. ways. I mean that you know, Crawl Space had this incredibly tense ending, and it's a very you know just cliffhanger type ending. Whereas uh, last week's episode um, just had this great, this great, equally good scene, but very different of Gus, you know, heading to the car where Walt is presumably hidden a bomb. And there's just it just seems to go on forever. Uh, I do feel a l- I do worry a little bit that Gus has gotten almost he's almost like a monster now. Like it was like when he's like scanning, you know, he he sees his car, somehow thinks maybe I shouldn't go there, yeah. like using his spider sense, and then he's like, <laughs> and then he's just straight up like it's like a monster movie because he's just looking out and slowly scanning for something, and uh, he's 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 
almost more than human at this point. That is something that that, that I think is really interesting. That I, I'm actually I'm actually weirded out that more people aren't talking about it after that episode because you know I I think that uh, you know up to this point I think the way they've slowly built up Gus is actually really incredible. I mean, if you remember the first time you saw him, it wasn't even really clear that he was going to be a long running character. Yeah, you know, I, there was just the one scene where like sure. where you know, like Walt was waiting for him in uh, in you know Poyos Hermanos and uh, you know you you see him and he seems like he's just a clerk. Yeah, and at this point you know uh, I think especially in that flashback episode, you know, to me, like, not to always speak very things to Lost, but uh, to me that was sort of like the uh, the a man behind the curtain episode, which is like, yeah. here is a villain who's already so interesting, and typically speaking with villains, when you learn about their backstory, it lessens them. Mm-hmm. That didn't do it. It, it made him more mm. interesting and more compelling, and I, I think even a little bit more mysterious yeah. in a way. Yeah, definitely. And there's still, they, they're still, um, they alluded to a, a, even a, a a deeper past somewhere. I can't remember what country it was in. In, some in, in South... Chile, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, which is where it came. And I so think still, and there, so Salamanca there is still a piece of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting my wires crossed with Sons of Anarchy, which is also having like Chilean rebels in a drug cartel <laughs> right now. But I think there it's, is another it's, layer it's of... It's a new uh, TV cliche. Yeah, there's Chilean there, rebels. But there is more of... I think there's potentially more of surprises and things to learn in Guess's backstory. It's interesting you compare it to Lost. Again, not to keep talking about Lost... But uh, when you were talking about how when he first appears, I kind of want to go back. I I don't remember. It was so gradual, uh, a lot like Ben, where like he showed yeah. up and you didn't think it was a big deal, and before you know it, he's one of the best parts of the show. And Ben, I think, was probably the best part of Lost uh, mm-hmm. in that his, last year. His, I believe his first appearance is very inauspicious. He's uh, Rousseau caught him in her his right, right, and he's just very a very pathetic character. Mm-hmm. And I know that in the case of Lost, they hired him, and then they saw how good he was, and then they made him a larger part of mm-hmm. the show because he was incredible. Uh, but I, I, do you have any idea, either of you, do you know if that was the case with uh, Breaking Bad, where they just hired, uh, what's his name, um... I can't remember the actor's name now. I don't know who he is. G- he's Gene Carlo Esposito. Yeah, he's going to be getting a lot more work after this year of that show. <laughs> yeah. And uh, did, did they hired him, and then then they saw how good he was, and they were like, okay, this is a major part of things now. I, I do think something very similar happened. You know, it's always interesting yeah, to read about how Vince Gilligan and his crew put the show together because uh, you know I think considering um, you know just how how effectively I think they moved the story forward, it does feel as if. They don't necessarily have such a rigid plan in place that they can't do things like that. And yeah. I, I do think that they kind of just brought him in at the end of the second season, thought he was awesome. He may have been added as, as a regular in the third season, and I, I just feel like, you know, I think after that season they just saw they could do anything yeah. with him. So now it's just like, yeah, I mean, now he's this, like, primal monster who's able to smell bombs and, like, you know, yeah, yeah. turn his X-ray vision out to Albuquerque. That's what's <laughs> kind of cool about making a TV show is you got to recognize, um, you know, I think that both um, Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse and here Vince Gilligan saw this guy and even though he wasn't part of the original plan they both recognized and I don't know maybe Vince Gilligan wasn't part of his original plan I'm not totally sure but they both recognized the potential and said okay well we can change our plan and make it better and you know you have to have a plan but it's also about thinking on your feet and Breaking Bad kind of uh, struggled to find a long-term villain I I recently kind of went back just trying to catch up on like because so much has happened in the last, these four seasons, I'm like, I was just trying to remember. Like, remember, I mean, remember Crazy Eight? Like, he was the yeah. first guy. And there was a year. Oh, yeah. There was a year break between three and four, and there was the writer strike between one and two. So I watched season one of this show, like, I don't know, four years ago already, and mm-hmm. I only watched them once. So and, yeah, so know. there really wasn't any good long term. I mean, Crazy Eight had like maybe three episodes, and then Tuco. Tuco is probably the last long term villain, and those, and then of course the two 
cousins, but they, they, they weren't like arch nemeses the way Gus is. You know, they were just kind of like hired goons. Almost. No, Gus is clearly the Ben Linus of the show. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and uh, what I like too is how uh, I think it was sort of like I mean, you kind of saw this a little bit with Tuco, but it really sort of like happened slowly in the second season, and then really came to the fore with the cousins in the third season, where you kind of always had the cartel as this just this really just demonic presence that like whenever anything happened with them, it was just horrifying. Yeah. And it was always like down in Mexico, and I think it's great that having built that up so much, then you finally met the head of the cartel, played mm-hmm. by the guy from Scarface, mm-hmm. and, then, and then Gus killed them all. Like, it yeah. was just like, well, there you go. Like He is the ultimate badass now. I mean, it, it, it was a great way to just, I think, slowly build up this one character who didn't initially seem that villainous as someone who was just kind of all-powerful. And he's also kind of, he's sort of the ideal of what I think Walt... And even Skyler, to a certain extent, like imagined their drug careers being like it's like very careful, very methodical, kind of bulletproof, you know. Um, but he's also, but you see the consequences of that is that he's a monster. He has to cut people's throats open with a box cutter and you know kill children. So it kind of shows you that like there's really no. I mean, the, maybe to turn to change gears to Skyler here. I think and I've never been a huge Skyler fan, but she really won me over this season. Yeah, they made Skyler a lot more. I mean, well. I mean, they she's brought her, they brought her into the story, you know. Like before, she was just like she has blood on her hands. I mean, Ted's blood is on her hands now. Yeah. She's like pretty partially responsible for his death. I mean, I think that Skylar got in this. I think January Jones and Betty Draper kind of gets an unfair rap too, where the character is a, supposed to be grating, and you know they're like stopping the protagonist from achieve. You know, mm-hmm. they're holding him back a little bit because that's their characters. And I think people often are like, I hate January Jones. I hate Betty Draper. I think a lot of people were, like, mad at Skylar because she was mad at Walt. But, you know, her, Walt's wife should be mad at Walt. Well, I, th- I, I didn't like her because I thought she was a little hypocritical. Um, and, but I think maybe that was the point, and that's kind of paid off. Mm-hmm, now, definitely. You know, what are your thoughts on, on, I, well, on Skylar? I, I, I do think, Jeff, that you're totally right, that uh, there was always this quality to her of, like, okay, she's, like, the, the don't-have-fun, like, kind of nagging part of the show, you know? Like, Walt, like, you know, why aren't you here for me giving birth? And, mm-hmm. like, th- basic things like that. And I think that uh, the great thing is, by bringing her into the fold, I think on one hand, she sort of really gives Walt this pretty stark impression of just what an awful human being he's become. Yeah. At the same time, I, I think it's definitely been interesting seeing how, I mean, even last season when she was lying for Ted Beneke and it's like, mm-hmm. well, I, I guess that's an okay lie because it's like, you know, you know, it, 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 it's, it's but then it's snow, but yeah, now it's snowball. Exactly. Well, I mean, it's great because it started off as this kind of white collar lie and then like she brought in um, you know, uh, uh, what's with the lawyer's name? Saul. And it's yeah. just it really, it really, I mean, it, 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 there is this interesting quality to how I think she started off as this sort of angelic, like, you know, I'm, you know, the vision of good figure and that's, that's not how it is anymore. I, I mean, never like, would have thought like Ted would have play such a strong part in the show and have such an amazing yeah, yeah. scene. I really thought he was just this, I, th- I thought he was just there to provide a, some kind of motivation for Walt to get angry in season three. And but you know he had such a great great exit for Ted. Do you think how tightly I get the impression just from the little bit I've read that they're sort of making it up as they go along. I don't mean that as a criticism. I think a, a lot of people use that ex- that exact phrase as a criticism of Lost or Battlestar. Because those are shows where they were like, there's 13, you know, they, they laid out these specific riddles. But uh, I think they're making it up as they go along. And it's really impressive, which it's really impressive the way they've, like, taken little things like Skylar lying for him or mm-hmm. the car wash. 
and kind of made them, you know, pay off and make them big things. The ricin, like that thing, that ricin is like. Well, By the way, what do you guys, what do you guys actually think about the ricin? I mean, like this is okay. this is us having seen episode twelve going into the finale. I, I, I mean, uh, this I, is I'm, of course this is the ricin that was used to poison. I can't remember the kid's name, but it's, yeah, Jess, it's, Jesse's girlfriend, Jesse's uh, girlfriend's kids. Um, I think that maybe uh, it's going to be a situation where, and this is what I thought initially happened, where. I guess it's pretty clear Walt didn't do it, right? I think. Maybe he did? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, like... One uh, interesting... I a lot of people that I've talked to in the in the last 24 hours, but are kind of... There's a lot of, like, confusion about, like, the ricin. I think... I'm not really sure. I think people feel like it's maybe not the best written sort of twist because there's so, there seems to be, does seem to be holes in it. Like, when did when did they get the cigarette out, you know? And it, I think it's at its face value. I think Walt nailed it. I think that's probably what happened. You think you think Walt did it? No, no. I think oh, Walt. Okay. I think what Walt said to Walt's whole explanation about how Gus did it. Uh-huh. I think the other option is that maybe just you know maybe the kid. How old is the kid? Because the kid's not a major character. Uh, like eight years old or nine. Maybe years the kid old. found the cigarette and kind of like. <laughs> It'll be a thing for Jesse where he feels guilty because it will it it, it will it will be his fault. Like the kid will have found the cigarette. Which in his of course, totally, Jesse's totally. like you know. Well, I'll, I'll give you my pitch on why I think Walt did it. Uh, it's partially because I kind of feel like uh, each of, each of the full seasons, so like not counting season one, which was shortened by the writer's strike, but season two and season three, their sort of like final acts all kind of revolved around around Walt taking this extra sort of like next step. Sure. You know, Killing someone who wasn't innocent first, Jesse's girlfriend, then uh, Gail, or you know, mm-hmm. well, uh, well, the girlfriend, well, he let, he not so much killing as, he, as, as letting her die. And, and also, like, in terms of like, I, no, I don't want to, I want to hear what you have to say, but like, there's some, I'm kind of a some to a certain extent a wall apologist because Gail, Gail was also guilty. Gail was cooking meth as well. Like, Gail's not a good person. Yeah, he was playing the drug game. Jesse's girlfriend. A little more innocent, though she was blackmailing him. Mm-hmm. But you know, he does though. He does keep getting I mean, lower and lower. I guess. I, I, I guess to me, like what this comes down to is, I mean, like you know, I, I, the twist can't you know does feel kind of awkward. I mean, I, I think the fact that he was carrying around the cigarette for a season kind of like carries it for me. It is a little anticlimactic with how much. There, there was that something cigarette. so strange about the whole scene where Walter was like, "Jesse, don't you see? Like this is how it all happened. Like Gus did it. Like it just it felt mm-hmm. forced in a way that like I think the writers may have intended. That's and like I, I'd be really intrigued to see if this was sort of Walt's like last ditch plan to save himself, which I think would add a lot to the show. I mean, it could just be. That it could be that Gus did it, but it doesn't feel to me like Gus would take that kind of step. Oh, so you're saying that Walt killed, Walt poisoned the kid. And in order to convince Jesse that it was Gus, exactly, so Jesse kills exactly. Gus. Sort of the old, the old like double, triple yeah, cross around. I, I can so. see that. I mean, it would certainly like that would make that would uh, make Walt completely evil. <laughs> he'd be he'd be pure evil. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's and getting he, there. It's, it's it's certainly within the realm of possible. Like, you know, but the it, would be, thing, it'd be, it would be believable if that happened. It's amazing how gradual, like, if you go back and watch that, and this is uh, so much credit to Brian Cranston, if you just watch that first episode and the most recent episode, it's it, you would never believe that they got there, but, you know, they really turned the heat up slowly, and it, it, ne- it, it never seemed jarring. Like, it, it's been so gradual, and, and that, that's so Well, and it, I mean, it, it's really kind of incredible. I mean, uh, you know, to kind of go off of what uh, what I think you were saying earlier, Pat, just about how, uh, you know, how, they, how the writers have been sort of, like, able to make these changes, I think it just shows that, you know, when you're working with an yeah. actor like that, where they can just do anything at all. I, I was thinking about this because I, I just recently did sort of, like, a big uh, run-through of the entire run of 
of fringe and how like there's a point in that show where they suddenly figure out that with Anna Torv they can have her do anything and play mm-hmm. her character in a million different ways and it makes it that much more interesting I think uh, that must have been I after think, I stopped watching fringe fringe they were making fringe, things more interesting fringe gets really really good around I've the third that. season I, I I can't possibly recommend it because then you have to watch all of the first two yeah. seasons but it's it's worth watching someday if yeah, you're ever sick with a terrible television flu. is the only medium where it's like you got you, you got to watch the first you have to watch dozens of hours before it gets good like no, one, no one's ever off. like you know oh you know the last 20 pages of great expectations are good <laughs> you have to get through a thousand pages of crap yeah it's a, it's it's weird sometimes it takes a show i mean breaking bad was yeah, not coming yeah. out of the gate running like that first season of breaking bad's good but it's it's not the best show ever whereas I, yeah. now it, you could make a, i think a pretty strong case that it's one of the best shows ever if not and it really I, th- I, well, I, th- I think it's certainly up there i mean like top 5 i, I can't i can't think of anything else where like and, and the fact that it has made i think the fewest wrong moves after that initial sort of like yeah. sprint mm-hmm. is really kind of like one and of the it, most interesting things about the show and then just on so many other levels like we said before it's just it's very artistic it's very um it has its own it's also a nice cross between a sort of nice psychological show but then it's also kind of a genre show because you know it's these guys running around with guns and stuff and, yeah. you know mm-hmm. um and it's funny too yeah you know it's it's not there are less so a, now than yeah it's not as you know Saul's still funny and uh Walt's reactions are still funny Bill and I thought this was cool that they had Bill Burr as one of the thugs last week and you know it was very serious what he was doing he was being threatening but I think they hired yeah. a comedian for a reason because he was being threatening in, in a funny way. He was great, yeah. Well, and like they also had him earlier in the season was when he in- uh, when when Skyler uh, needed needed a guy to, uh, yep, to yeah, uh, yeah. pretend to be from like the health he, council. Yeah, or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. He, he was great. Yeah, I didn't a lot that was of him at the time. A lot of awesome little bit parts in in, in Breaking Bad that yeah. I think really kind of add up over time. He, he um, uh, oh, what was I gonna say? I'm really worried about Saul. I'd be really sad if Saul died. Oh, that would be, I don't think Saul that would, would be a tragedy. I think I, that is when he was preparing to run away yesterday. I was just I I, I think that might be what would make me the saddest. Saul. <laughs> well, I mean, it is funny. I, I kind of feel like you know, with some shows uh, that you know do um, that get I think a lot of their tension from the fact that they kill off characters. It's interesting to see how when they kill off a certain character, even if they're not the most essential, the show takes it like a downhill slide afterwards. Like I, I'm kind of on board with saying that, you know, a show like Lost, once they killed off the original John Locke, I think it never fully recovered. Sure, I'd agree with that. Like, like, 24 killed off Curtis, who was just kind of, like, this awesome dude who always yeah. helped out Jack, and then after he died, it went downhill. I think I think Saul, I think if he were gone, like, there would be no hope left in Breaking I, I, Bad. I think Saul is kind of, um, <laughs> oh, you know, also, um, Saul is kind of like the, uh, I think, Lapidus sort of, to, of, 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 you know, lo- who came into Lost I'm glad we're mapping all of the Breaking Bad. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Lost I should say, I mean, I think objectively, Breaking Bad's a better show than Lost, and I like Lost. But I, I think it's certainly a higher quality show. I, Lost, like, holds a really special place in my, a really unique and special place in my heart. I'm talking about, like, it's like... A, no, I, no, a, I agree. I, I think I feel the same way. But, um, but anyway, Junior is Hurley. Bowen <laughs> Saul kind of makes his appearances. Actually, another, to map another character, because this one I feel strongly about, Gale is kind of like the Leslie Arts of this season, because he's like... He was killed. He's a character who was he killed keeps off. He's on coming back. But he right. comes back and it's really fun. He sort of like haunted <laughs> this episode in a very cool way. You know, he had that flashback yeah. in the first scene. And then, like, everyone, I, the people are, well, we had a great reaction when, um, you know, I think it may have been the third or fourth episode of this season when uh, Hank plays the karaoke video. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like, up. Oh, you know, you're this, singing, this, like, you're sing, singing Major Tom, I Major think. Major Tom right? yeah. in some, like, Thai karaoke bar <laughs> or something. Yeah. And it was very. I always thought that. Uh, 
they, you know, they, they, they never, something they, I thought was really interesting and never really addressed is that Gail, I, there was a scene, I think from the season finale of last year, if not from the season finale, from the penultimate episode, where Gus goes up to Gail and he's like, can you do this? You may need to be doing it soon. And it seemed like Gus was telling Gail, I'm going to kill Walt. And Gail was saying, you know, agreeing with that. And everyone treats Gail like he was like this this fawn that got caught up in everything. Sure. But, you know, he uh, I, I I read that scene as he was implicitly allowing the murder and standing by and like, he knew what he was uh, oh, mixed up in. And in a broader it's sense. It's true. I mean, he, he was cooking meth for yeah. a horrible criminal enterprise. I mean, like, he he, like, he is not the, the most innocent man of all time. I mean, I think you had pointed this out this is along with this end of season two, I guess, but with the plane crash, you know, that's kind of like a metaphor for like what they're doing. You know, they're seemingly... They feel like they kind of feel like they're all just like I'm only hurting people who are directly threatening me. I'm only hurting Jesse's girlfriend because she's blackmailing me, and she's and she's also you know she's hurting Jesse who's addicted to heroin and stuff. But then we see the consequences of that are a plane crash that kills you know a hundred innocent people, and the whole, you got to remember like every day they're going in and like making a drug that killed that hurt that people die over and that yeah well I mean that, that, that's the funny thing is yeah like they're making this horribly addictive drug that like you know mm-hmm. I mean it's always interesting I feel like they haven't done it as much in later seasons but you know they used to have those episodes where you you know you'd meet those horrible meth heads yeah like, like, yeah uh, remember like Wendy? like like uh, there's one episode where um, with the ATM machine yes with the ATM oh, machine and just this great old episode. crone I mean like I don't know where they found that actress but she was just incredible and like I, I think that uh, I remember that I, I mean in a sense maybe it's to kind of like you know reflect how Walter is kind of getting more and more or like trying to like become less concerned about like the ethical side of that, but like and you do kind of forget that like they're making one of the worst drugs like on the market, you know. <laughs> and Je- in that episode, Jesse, uh, th- there's a kid there that Jesse's like very kind of tender to. Jesse, def- Jesse, it's definitely one of the most. I mean, I don't want to use the word moral because moral is such a loaded word when you're talking about this show, but he definitely seems to be the most certainly the most sensitive character. I would say he cries more than anyone else. Whereas Walter. You know, the the scary thing about Walter is he's so good at justifying what he does. That episode, the premiere of this season, there's a whole speech he has when he's talking to uh, Gustavo uh, as Gustavo's, like, preparing to, you know, putting on his clean suit and stuff. And just, he's just saying, like, you know, I didn't want to kill Gail, but I, you you forced me to do this. And, I, you know, he, he's... This is on your hands. Yeah, this he's... This is on your hand. He's, he uses all that, like, scientific high school teacher logic to just make himself feel good for killing people. It's true. Well, I mean, I, I guess that's always been the most interesting thing. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think I think this is kind of common knowledge that uh, Jesse, the original plan was to kill him off in oh, the is first that true? season. I yeah. didn't know that. I mean, I mean, you know, like... Th- Me neither. Th- that was kind of their working plan. And, uh, you know, talking about, like, really just changing changing things up a little bit uh, it, it's to adjust a, to actors. It's so hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine the show without him now. Uh, and it almost seems like, you know, you thought that he was going to be the character who would be sort of like a correct Walt, and the opposite is, is very Definitely. often true. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if anything, that's been the, the weird thing this season is that you know you can see you could argue that he's kind of been corrupted in some ways. I mean, like you know he's gotten more involved in the drug trade, and yeah. he's, he is killing more people. But even so, like he still seems to be there's still something more more trustworthy about yeah. him, I would say, than about Walt. I mean, and maybe it is just he doesn't try to justify himself. Well, he's kind of, a lot of times his violence is. It's more of like a, I want to get like right now he wants to kill Gus for vengeance for poisoning this kid or presumably poisoning this this child and, and then last season it was the same thing you know it's sort of he's kind of got like a moral code that other characters don't have but I I think I I just want to switch gears to which we're kind of already talking about but you know what do you guys think is going to happen in next week's episode Darren I think I, you kind of gave me chills with your prediction because it does seem 
a lot. It fits very well yeah, in a lot of ways. It's very it, interesting. It, it will, you know, it's sort of uh, Walt having being the one who actually poisoned the kid. It kind of makes sense. It makes sense uh, for like Vince Gilligan's grand scheme because that would that would unquestionably make Walt the villain. The only like moral justification is that it, is that. Um, you know, careful. <laughs> Gus, yeah, is it for killing for poisoning a child? Is well, Gus has Gus threatened his baby and his son and his wife. So in Gus, I think in Walt's brain, that is enough to get him to do something that extreme. But it, but it will. But it, I, I I do want to stress that it would make him a bad I mean, person. And then it's it him. is it is interesting though, like to actually question what will happen. I mean, uh, you know, it does feel like this whole season we've really been primed for uh, you know what feels like the ultimate showdown western style between Walt and Gus. You know, and e- even the way that they've kind of passed Jesse back and forth is kind of like, well, he's my pawn. No, he's my pawn. Yeah. Like it feels like there has to be a reckoning there. At the same time, you know, uh, what does that mean for a TV show that still has one more season to go? I mean, it it's hard for me to imagine them killing off, as Jeff was saying, like Gus or uh, Walt or Jesse. But, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if someone from Walt's family well, bites the dust. I think you dust. could kill Gus. I think, if, I think the, in order of expendability, it probably goes Gus, Walt's family, Jesse, Walt. Mm-hmm. And if, as you you know, if, if Walt turns out to be a more evil person than we think, like, he, if, he go, if he crosses that line... He becomes as in, he takes the place of Gus. You know, he becomes as interesting a character as yep. Gus is. It does seem like since the beginning of the season, they've been setting up the, you know, just been moving in this direction where Walt takes over Gus's empire one way or the other. I don't know. I can't even imagine how we get to that point, but it just feels like you know, the next step in Walt's rise to power. Mm-hmm. What about mm-hmm. Walt's Walt's family? Do you think they're in danger next episode? I mean. How would you guys feel if, if Walter Jr. were to were to die? I've actually thought about that. <laughs> Indifferent. <laughs> I think that Walter. I think that uh, the last. I think that I could, I could see an end game for the show. I couldn't see him pulling this card yet, but I could see an end game of the show where Walt, through action or through inaction, somehow you know sacrifices a member of his family or is forced to choose between like his lifestyle and giving up all that he's got, like this new position that he may or may not have. Or his family in choosing the position. I think that'd be a, a really interesting way. For that would, to go. yeah, that would be the escalation at the end of next season. Yeah, it, right. if, if you know, de- depending on what choices he makes at next next week and what choices he's made this season, like yeah, how much low? That's the that's the question I'm going to ask. How much lower can Walt go? And he would and he would justify. Well, listen, you know, I, I still have the other kids. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, as far as the moral balance goes, yeah. I mean, uh, or, or I mean, it's interesting because you know, I, I do always find the Walt family subplots kind of compelling. Like, you know, even stuff with his sister-in-law, I mean, and her very occasional sort of weird bouts of kleptomania mm-hmm. are intriguing. At the same time, I mean, uh, I almost kind of feel like, uh, you know, to bring up a different comparison, uh, you know, if, if this were The Sopranos, I think Walter Jr. is kind of the Meadow character, where, like, it's sort of interesting to have her around, but she never really necessarily drives the plot in any kind of yeah, meaningful hey, way. that's interesting. I mean, you know, even compared to in later seasons, some people hate AJ with a burning passion, but, like, they really tried in that last season and I, I always find this compelling sure. to really like graft like the struggles of his father onto him yeah. and it doesn't feel like they're that interested in doing that with Walter Jr. you know I mean like that kid was uh, terrific and I mean I, he doesn't have a lot to do on the show often I think there's like a running joke where he's only he, all he ever does is eat breakfast with the family <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> right. but there was a scene an episode ago where he visited Walt after Walt hadn't left the house for a day or two, and he was all beat yeah. up. And uh, it was a, a like a capital A acting scene for Brian Cranston, and uh, the kid who plays Walt Jr. was terrific in it. He, he really stepped up to the plate. Mm-hmm. The problem with I think uh, the problem with that 
character, and I think the actor's really good, and, and you know, the character has his virtues and stuff, but he's so in the dark now. He's, like, the only... He's more in the dark than any other character, more than Skylar ever was, and so he's constantly, like, yelling at the wrong person for the wrong scene. He's always like, Mom, what's wrong with you? You gotta yeah. get Dad! Or, like, Uncle Hank, what's wrong with you? Just, I'm like, you're so clueless, kid, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, it seems like... What I'm really interested to see before the end of the show is that inevitable scene where Hank or Junior, where either one of them, you know, learns who Walt really is and confronts him about it. It seems like that's that scene has to happen because, like, you know, we're just we're just moving in that direction, and uh, that's a show that's like taken. That's a hard thing to do, and it's a game changer. But that's a show that's changed the game. You know, you're, you're right, and even the way that I feel like every. I mean, uh, you know, I, I haven't watched the original episodes in a while, but it feels like all along Hank has always been on Walt's trail, and I mean, yeah, I, I mean, we're seeing it more and more now, like with Walt literally driving him around to follow yeah. the path of, of Heisenberg. But I mean, it, it just it feels like. I mean, I, I can't even imagine what that scene would play out as. I mean, because like you know, doesn't uh, I feel like Hank, that's what makes it so exciting. You know, Hank kind of thinks that Walter is just this muppet right like, yeah <laughs> i thought that maybe uh it was like the third or fourth episode this year and it was the first time walt had gotten up and the police report had reinvigorated him and there's that scene in the bedroom where he's like wm ww who do you think that is ww what do you think and like yeah. i thought i thought that it was potentially like he was on to walt and he was kind of mocking him though they've made it pretty clear since that that was not the, that that was not the case uh what do you th- think uh, is in store for whatever happens next week, you know, season five. What is that season going to be? I mean, so, uh, I, I think from what I understand, they've established that, uh, you know, after much back and forth with AMC, it's going to be a 16-episode mm-hmm. final season, and I, I think the plan would be to do sort of similar to what happened with Sopranos. You kind of split it in half and have eight episodes. Probably. Oh, I didn't know that. No, I, mean, like, you know, I think that is what I mean, they're like, doing. Given how long the, the the delays have been, probably eight episodes at the end of next year, and then eight more in yeah. 2013. So but I think still, the delays have been because of contract stuff, which is now all covered, mm-hmm. so hopefully they can get them out. Could it, be happening it'll be less sooner. time than it was between um, seasons. But so, so two mini seasons, so to speak. I, I mean, like I, I think that's sort of what's been established. I, 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 I mean, that's I would imagine it's going to be more like one big season with kind of a, an mm-hmm. interesting break right in the middle. Kind of like um, how do- what Doctor Who did uh, this summer. E- exactly. Yeah. Or Battlestar, so, I think, as well. Yeah, Battlestar, Battlestar definitely did that, did that too with, with a really memorable mid-season. But, but I mean, narratively, you know, where is it going to be set? Are we going to find out about Gus's background and? I don't know, but it's going to be it's going to be great because these things we're saying were like. It feels like Walt could die, even though we know he's not going to die. He could die next year, you know? Like, all these characters, once you get to the end, anything could happen. That's a show where almost anything could happen right now. So once you're, once it's, there's very few episodes left, anything could happen. I think that's going to be, I mean, I can't wait to. It, I mean, it, it does feel to me like, uh, you know, Jeff, what you were saying earlier about how uh, this is a show where I think they constantly try to kind of move the medium forward. Uh, it does feel to me like this is a, totally a show where they might kill off the lead character with like four episodes left. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then just kind of like see how, see, see what plays out in his wake. I mean, it, it's, it's exciting to, to think about just what If they, they make him do. evil enough though, if they really follow through with that, and I got him credit. I mean, I really thought, when he ever, whenever he said that, I'm like, Vince Gillen's just saying yeah. that. And he means evil, like, TV evil, which is, like, kind of a, maybe a noble crook, but it seems like he's getting he's getting less and less redeemable. But um, To answer your, uh, to get back to your yeah, original sure. question, though, I, I only kind of skirted it, because I, I really have no idea where it'll be set, and I guess we'll know more after next week, but maybe we won't. Um, you know, after the third season ended, with that great scene where Jesse shoots Gale... I had no idea where the fourth season would go. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of cool. This is something Gabrus brought up when we talked about Game of Thrones. I think Breaking Bad does this really well, too, where they do ga- where they do cliffhangers where it's not like, uh, you know, there's about to be a knife fight, and then we cut away. You, the knife fight happens, and then the cliffhanger is, what are the implications of this knife fight going to be? 
rather than like who is going to you know like rather than having like the car flying over the cliff and to be continued you, you actually see the exciting event happen and then you have I to th- speculate about what's going to happen I think it's such a good point well and that's why like on one hand each season feels like an awesome ending unto itself mm-hmm. and so like you know like you know it's, it's not something simplistic like oh who died it's more kind of like well where do they where do they go from here and mm-hmm. I think that's a question that we ask I mean almost every week with this show in a way that so that third season ended with Jesse shooting Gale and then that, which puts Gus in this place where even though he was about to kill Walt, if not both of them, he now needs them. Mm-hmm. And I, as soon as it ended, I was like, I can't wait. I cannot wait to see that first confrontation between Gale, and, I'm sorry, between Gus and Walt. And because of production delays and contracts or whatever, it took a year plus to get there. But then when it happened, it was that scene that we've already talked about where you just watch Gus like dress and undress. Yeah. And it did, even with a year of hype, what I it was nothing like what I expected, and it did not disappoint. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think that you know, uh, it's it's the rare example of a show where it feels like it could go anywhere. I mean, you know, uh, what you were talking about with uh, Walt taking over Gus's criminal empire. Yeah. I mean, you know, we could be looking at like, you know, it's 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 like the second half of a Grand Theft Auto game where it's just all about like running around and like getting rid of the rest of the dealers. <laughs> it could be that. It could be you know, it, it could be something more intimate. I mean, uh, I guess that, that that's the cool thing is that it feels. Like- I think it's got to be. It's. I think it's. It's got to be. Like Walt versus Jesse or something, because Ooh. at this point, mm. like Walt, at this point, Walt versus any other drug dealer in the world, it's just not going to match up. There's no, and they haven't introduced anyone that could be a better villain than yeah. Gus. If there was some other character on the periphery who maybe we would see come in, like like that's what the cool thing about Gus, you know, they you got to introduce him gradually, you know, mm. and they haven't really mm. done that. Yeah, so. I think you're right. Yeah, it, it, it does feel like they've they, they they've reached the, the the outer exterior of how crazily villainous you yeah, can be. Yeah, I think that if Gus had if they had this car bomb scene in like the second Gus episode, for whatever reason, like Walt tried to kill him, and then like he just sensed that it was there, and that happened in the first scene, you'd be like, "Who is this cartoon character? Yeah. Why? What is he doing in my show?" But because we like saw all this, uh, because they built him up, it was believable, you know, as much as it could be that this guy was really that, you know. Badass, I guess. I would say that my personal hope for next season, you know, given that it's 16 episodes, is an entire episode told from the perspective of like, the, like the aging mobster who has spent the entire series in a wheelchair. Oh, capable, Salamanca. Yeah, yeah, Salamanca, capable only of communicating with, with a bell. Yeah. Like, who thought that guy was gonna be was gonna still be around like two years later? Oh, you know I mean? what? He, but that guy gave uh, again talking about people stepping up to the plate. He, you know, he's usually in the wheelchair ringing the bell, and he's usually good at it. But last week when Gus came back yeah. to kind of rub it in his face, he gave this great performance, which is like a silent thing where he was, to- you know, it was all in his eyes, where, you know, he- where Gus had like killed yeah. everyone he ever loved and destroyed everything that he ever worked for. And uh, it's, the, it's the best heavy nose breathing since uh, Tony Soprano. I think. <laughs> yeah, like it's all in the nose breaths. Yeah, it, it was it was really an inc- uh, and it was this character who's, you know, he's around and he does just fine. But it was they asked him to do a little more and he nailed it. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think that's kind of it. I think we've talked about. I mean, there's really nothing to do but wait for oh my next God. week. Episode. It's, it's going to be. It's going to be. The thing incredible. I'm most certain about. The only thing I know for sure about next year is that I'm going to be watching it, and it's going to be incredible. Like, I, we're, you're, you just know you're in good hands, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it feels like just the way, like the world that they have established, and the fact they can be so funny and so scary and so kind of like make you love these characters yeah. who do the worst things. I mean, it, it's it's hard it's hard to compare it to any other show. Can I, can I, I ask you guys a question? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we keep saying that maybe Breaking Bad's the best show ever 
you know, where do you, where do you, where do you think it realistically fits in on the list of best shows ever? Is it in? Is it in that first tier with The Wire and Deadwood? I think it is. I think it's. I I, I think it's up there. I mean, like you know, for me, like you know, the, the shows that are kind of in that tier, you know, you definitely have Sopranos and The Wire. I I'd put in Deadwood and Battlestar Galactica mm-hmm. and Lost. Also, I, I think the complete sweep of that show was just no, like really. And Soprano, yeah, those are and, the, those and, are like and, the, and Sopranos. But I, I guess the to Queen me, Fecta. I, I guess to me, like you know, with each one, there are things you can check off that were sort of disappointing. Like Deadwood, I mean, you know, it sucks they never got to really tell like the the, the full the full stretch yeah, of that story. You can't hold that against the show. But you can't. But, but the third season goes a little off the rails. Right, anyway. right, right. I mean, like you know, as, as, as much as I love Brian Cox, like you know, that third oh, yeah. season he didn't he didn't add that much to it. Uh, you know, certainly The Wire we've already talked about, and I think even Sopranos, maybe just because uh, you know it ran so much longer than Breaking yeah. Bad, I think it had a lot of like little tangents along the way. And I, I think with Breaking Bad, I think you just have the longer it gets, the more focused it gets, well, which I, is well, such a yeah. Rarity. What I think is cool is it's able to do more. With, there's only three. There's really two characters in in uh, Breaking Bad, you know, three if you count Gus, that you are really completely 100% focused on. I think it's kind of a, a the a Wire plus. had 73. Yeah, and I think, I love, the, you know, I love The Wire, but I, I, I think it's, I almost think of it more as, it's it's a more intelligent show than it is, like, a great narrative, you know? It's not, like, great literature with the mm-hmm. way Breaking Bad is. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I saw in, in Wired once, they did, like, a, they had a chart of, like, trying to do, like, The Wire, uh, in, in Wired magazine, they had a, Sort of grid of all the Breaking Bad kind of like who who connects with who when their arrows connect to the character. I'm like, you don't really need that for Breaking yeah, Bad, and that's yeah. almost one of its strengths. The, it's like a very it's about Walter White, you know. The, that is a good point. I mean, like I feel like every other show we're talking about, even The Sopranos, in a way, I, I think when I'm talking about tangents there, it's when you know they would do like stuff with Christopher and stuff mm-hmm. with all these all these other characters and a lot of world building. And I think you're right that in a weird way, Breaking Bad has remained so laser focused on just a few key characters, mm-hmm. and I mean, I can't think of any other drama that's been quite that so, so yeah, I narratively ex- I'd put it ab- I put it up there I'd put it with the Sopranos I'd put it I put it above The Wire I'd put it above um, Lost you know I think this is what's so cool about TV right now is that if a new album came out or a new band and we were like this is the best band ever you know it's kind of bullshit like they're not really the best ba- there's so much recorded music but when you talk about the best show ever you really there's really only a few things that are in the running because it's only in the past 15 years now maybe like Let's say The Sopranos is kind of, you know, there's stuff like Hill Street Blues before it, but... Basically kind of, Sopranos, though, yeah. Yeah, like Sopranos <laughs> is kind of like the the dawn of this golden age of TV that we're living in. So when you say it's the, something's the best show ever, I think there, it's legitimately possible this might be the best television show of all time, and that's very exciting. Now, uh, the question is, though, guys, uh, going into this last season, let's say the last season is disappointing, and, like, you know, maybe it's even just, like, kind of like, like like a wire-level disappointment. Yeah. Like, w- would that change the show for you? I mean, like, if, if you think that, like, you know, if it reaches the point where the, they just can't quite, not to say stick the landing, but, like, if, if they took, like, a horrible detour in this in this next season, I mean, it's a like, great question. I'm not sure. I mean, it seems so unlikely. I almost don't even want to, like, mm-hmm. like, why bother thinking about the question? It seems impossible that they'll do it. I think it's less important for this show than it is for a show like Battlestar or Lost, where there was, like, a definite point yeah. they were moving to. Like, uh, it's like, And for The Sopranos, I'd say it was less important, too. Uh, you know what I think? The show that has the best beginning, middle, and end, like, arc over as a, as a whole is The Shield. The Shield is a, has a sure. beginning, and then there's a middle with the Armenian buddy train, and then there's an end game where the last two seasons, and the ending of that show is incredible. Uh, and the show, those two I shows. I just wanted to talk about the Shield. I forgot why I said that. Well, <laughs> no, you, you're saying. Um, well, he would, he had asked earlier about. That's a good comparison, though. Um, the Shield and Breaking Bad, I feel like, share a lot of the same themes. Definitely, They're both yeah. about. They both have very questionable protagonists. Um, in fact, the you know 
the sort of Shane uh, Vic Mackey standoff in the last season is sort of very similar to some of the power plays that happened in, in and just tonally they feel a lot alike. They're both kind of yeah, they both have this element of it which you and I, have, uh, Pat and I, have talked about a lot in the past. Where uh, on any given episode, and the Shield is like the king of this, and Sons of Anarchy does it a little too. But uh, on any given episode, like they are a in in opportune sneeze away from having their entire <laughs> lives destroyed. Like yeah. they're. On the, on the Shield and on Breaking Bad, like, they're at any minute just on this razor-thin wire where they could just completely go into oblivion on any given episode, and it makes it so tense. And both those shows, I think, maybe, I don't know. I'm just but they're both smart to kind of, way more in the earlier seasons when Skyler didn't know and, you know, Hank was really... I mean, there's definitely, I think there's a scene both in Breaking Bad and in The Shield where there's literally a, a thin door between a cop who's in vet, like, you know, hangs mm-hmm. on one side yeah. of the door or Colette's, like, looking, and then the other side of the door is, like, Vic Mackey and the rest of them, like, cleaning up a big pile of cocaine in the And corner. I think that, I mean, I can think of several, just off the top of my head from being bad, there was one this week where the cops were looking around the laundromat and they were, like, you know, just knocking on the wrong thing away from discovering the entire drug super lab. There was the one, which is so tense and was so great, where Hank had Walt and Jesse pinned down in the trailer. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. if Hank opens that door, he sees his cousin... I mean, uh, you everything know, everything falls everything apart. Everything falls apart. It's 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 a good. It's actually a good comparison to that to the shield. You know, I, I actually think the one show to me that right now uh, has the best chance of uh, one upping Breaking Bad is also on AMC. And it, to me, the compelling thing about Mad Men is that of all the shows we're talking about, I think that's the one show where like there's never a threat of death on that show. Yes, really. yeah. Which I, and, and you know, like you know, I don't want to like you know get get, get on like a moral. No, high I think you're here, right. It's obvious. It it's obvious. Overlooked that show for so long. It, it's, 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 it's funny because. I feel like every other show that we're talking about, like Sopranos, there was always like you know the threat of like anybody could die, like you know Big Pussy, like yeah. The Wire. Certainly, they could kill off half their cast and still have like thirty people left. Like, I always say Mad Men how... is like uh, Mad Men's the only show that I feel like is spoiler proof. Like if I hear someone talking about Mad Men and I, I mean I've I've seen every, I've caught completely caught up and everything, but like it's not about the twists. This is the occasional twist about Don's past or about maybe like Sterling Cooper something crazy happens mm-hmm. in one episode, but like yeah, it's definitely. Like the, I think the best episode of the last season. What came the name of the episode? It was the one. It was about the boxing match. You know, with the Don and the suitcase. Yeah, the suitcase. Right. Um, you can't really like. There's not really just spoil in that episode. You know, like if if someone's like, oh, you don't tell me. Like, oh, Don has like, you know, Don is sad the whole episode. Mm. Like. I mean, but I mean, yet it's, it's, it's like, oh, like, Don had an epiphany. Like, no, like, you totally ruined it for me, man. It's definitely, <laughs> it's the only, it's probably, the, you know, of all these shows we talked about, it's the only one where people are, like, are not constantly in mortal danger. Deadwood, The Shield, mm-hmm. Lost, mm-hmm. Uh, Battlestar especially, uh, The Wire. What, what else have we talked about? All these shows, because I mean, it makes sense why, like, it's exciting when people could die at any given moment. And all those shows are shows that were willing to kill off main characters. Um, the Joss Whedon shows, too. But uh, Mad Men does stand out as, like, a show where it manages to be a great show, even though, like, you know, Don Don's not likely to whack Roger Sterling any Yeah, episode. I mean, it, it feels like, like, the, the biggest danger is, like, you know, oh, Pete might lose of his course, job. Yeah. Or like... And because of that, it can explore things that these other shows are, like, you know, yeah, not able is, to do. That's the problem with Mad Men. That's why it sucks so hard. <laughs> no, no, but it's... Think, it's of, think of how much better it would be if Don Don's, Draper, yeah. like, like carried a gun with him everywhere. And was well, there's like... a Walking Dead crossover episode coming soon. No, but it's, I think it's, it's, it's totally logical, because Mad Men's a relatively newer show, and... You know, it takes a while, like with movies, you know, I think probably for like 30 years, all movies were like Western shoot 'em ups. And, you know, it took mm-hmm. a while before someone was like, hey, let's make a movie where 
someone doesn't die or there's not like cowboys and Indians, you know, where it's just like about being alive. And Romance. Totally, yeah. <laughs> Six Feet Under is also, I think, a very good show that is also not about, I mean, it is about death, but not. It's not about people car- killing each other. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, and I am aware of that Breaking Bad is definitely like a genre Thank show. You. Every episode I'm on the edge of my seat, like literally like, like I'm, I'm, I'm like I'm giving a quote for an ad for a movie, but like, I'm really like, you know, white knuckle. I like, can't wait to see what happens next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, I think that's probably it for now. I, mean, I think, I'm, I think I'm, we've covered this. For, for we'll go, we, we I'm afraid to learn week, more. Entertainment about 720. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We'll have to do our, our our post thing when none of our expectations are met by the finale. Yeah, we just rail on it for a while. <laughs> uh, thanks for doing this, guys. Of Dad, course, of course, Jeff, totally. Darren, thank us. you for being here. Entertainment Weekly, EW.com. That's me. That is you. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, you, I, if you're listening to this, you probably watch Breaking Bad. So enjoy the finale. <laughs> <laughs>